Hello, 16:90 a.m. in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. So a few heavyweights go down this week in the NFL. I think the trend this year in football has been unpredictability and upset galore. That's what we love here on the Power Hour. Don't want to keep things vanilla. Want to keep uh, people guessing. And I think that's exactly what the NFL has done for us lately. I am pumped to do the show, Dominic. Uh, how are you doing? And uh, yeah, I hope you're pumped to do the show just as, as much as I am. I'm so punk brilliant. What a bizarre week in the NFL, to say the least. Let's get this started. It was definitely a bizarre week. Let's uh, jump right away to the our AFC East matchup. And not to toot both of our horns, Dominic, but we did call the New England Patriots here in an upset over the Buffalo Bills. And uh, in this game, actually, it was a, a very good game. And what I liked about this game uh, in terms of the Patriots' standpoint was New England controlled the entire game. They had the game. Um and Buffalo took the lead late in this game, went for two, got it to make it 25-22. At this point, you think the game is over, Buffalo comes back, uh, there's like just under two minutes left, uh, they're the better team, New England, okay, you know, it was cute, you stayed competitive. They did get a little bit conservative at the end of the game, which is what I did not like from New England's point of view. But what I did like is they stayed calm, they stayed cool, they stayed collective, and not only did they march on the field and get points, they got a touchdown, which ended up sealing the victory there, and New England pulls off the upset over Buffalo 29 to 25 a lot of question marks now for Buffalo I think you can look at this two sides this what does it say about New England Bill Belichick's 300th win um and you know where does this leave Buffalo Bills now right now because they're sitting at four and three and like I said I really did think that once Buffalo ended up taking the lead they would not look back about uh, credit Mac Jones put the team on his back two minute Joe hit my boy Gesicki in the back of the end zone for the victory and Buffalo uh as their second uh sorry their third lost the season falling to four and three and then new england getting the second win 29 to 25 over buffalo yeah crazy upset buffalo loses 29 to 25 you know buffalo didn't play too bad in this football game maybe josh allen could have played a little bit better but you know new england had to put together a game plan eventually and mac jones delivers having the best game of the year 25 for 30, 272 yards, two TDs, and a quarterback rating of 126.7. Clearly, he was the MVP of this football game. Bill Belichick, his back was to the wall. He had to have this game. It was in Foxborough, and they delivered. I mean, the defense of New England has been so-so this year. But yeah. I mean, guys like Jabril Peppers and Rewan yep. Bentley showed up hard in this football game. The veterans were there. New England takes it. And for Buffalo, you know, I think they'll bounce back. Buffalo, you know, yes, they have a, a lot of injuries right now. So they're going to have to figure out what kind of identity they're going to be going forward with. And early on in the season, you know, we wanted them to run the ball. They still managed to run the ball a bit in this football game as well. But maybe we're going to have to see Josh Allen going, you know, all the way by himself. I know that might not be what we want to see. We want to protect Josh Allen, but, you know, they're going to have to do something a bit more special, a bit more creative. We talked about free agency last week. We talked about trades. Buffalo needs to do something. They seem to be not, you know, they're just lacking a bit of weapons. We've talked about it all yeah. year. 
There needs to be somebody else. They try to elevate Dalton Kincaid, you know, eight receptions for 75 yards on eight targets. You can't ask more out of this guy, but it's like there's missing something else in Buffalo. I expect them to address it either in free agency or via trade. Otherwise, yeah, they're going to have a tough time making it to the Super Bowl this year if they don't do any big moves before the deadline. Yeah, and it's like, look, it's uh, the usual of let's rely on our, our superstar uh, and, uh, you know, and Stefan Diggs to, to make plays for us. And while he did make a few plays in this game, he had 12 targets, right? 12 targets and only six catches. Six catches, look, is not that bad. When you're looking at 12 targets, here, that's six incompletions towards that one player. And not to say that, you know, they've over the last few games, they haven't necessarily connected, but I think it almost seems a little bit forced. And when they, when they, you know, go and, and they try a long bomb there and the, um, Alan Mistafon digs on a, on a uh, long bomb touchdown uh, and uh, on the first play of one of his drives in the second half. And I think that that kind of summed up the majority of this game. And I think that when you see these guys not hitting on a play, especially because of how clutch and, and the amount of chemistry they have, it's kind of, you know, head scratching and puzzling. And it's like, shoot, like, this is what we bank on. This is our guarantee. Kind of like a Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. So when it doesn't work and your second, third options aren't that good, it kind of leaves you guessing. So I think just to kind of um, add on to what your point about uh, kind of needing to add a little bit more more depth on this team because you know they were running the ball fairly well in the beginning of the game and then stopped and, and they couldn't really run the ball anymore uh, but credit New England going uh, you know going toe-to-toe with one of the better teams Buffalo sitting at four and three now they, they got a big game this Thursday night which I'm going to ca- classify as a must win for them when they play Tampa Bay uh, that's just one of the games that happened this weekend let's talk about another what a shocker between the Baltimore Ravens and the Detroit Lions. Oh. Wow. Big massacre. Baltimore takes it 38-6. to six. Wow. Lamar Jackson having one of his best games ever. 21-27. Yeah. 357 yards and three TDs with a quarterback creating of 155.8. This is what I told you about, you know, during the season, how Lamar has become a better passer. And if Lamar can put his full game together, this is why the Ravens could be absolutely deadly this year. However, I will say that, you know, Baltimore, the way that they really kill their opponents is if ever they get the lead early on a team, they seem to steamroll their opponents. Look what the scoreboard showed, you know, 14 points in the first quarter. And as soon as they got, obviously, 14 points in the second quarter, they're up 28 nothing. This is the type of team that they will not relent. And they just destroyed the Lions. You know, Jared Goff, 250. 84 yards, one pick, no TDs. Yeah. You know, this is the kind of game where statistically it doesn't really show how bad he was, but I don't know. He's just missing that it factor. And if yeah. a team's going to bring, you know, if you're going to be down 14 nothing, you're going to expect the guy to elevate his game to, to another level. And it seemed to be all about Amon Ray St. Brown. I like I'm on racing Brown, but 19 targets in a game is just too much. You got to be a bit more creative, but we, we both agree that the Lions are obviously a lot better of a team than they were in years past. And we, we talked about how Dan Campbell, you know, he was a lot better as a coach. There was a question mark at one point, but I'm not going to say that this is a bad game plan on his end. I'm just going to say they just got, they got steamrolled. They need to go through the, actually they need to go through this kind of adversity because the lions, you know, as good as they are, 
they got to get a reality check. And this was the reality check. They hit the Ravens in Baltimore, got destroyed. I think they'll be a lot better from this, believe it or not, as the season progresses. Well, definitely better now than later on in the season. You know, I called this before the game started the statement game of the week. Detroit sitting at five and one. They want to show they are for real. Baltimore, you know, kind of up and down this year, even though they're sitting at four and two. Not a super impressive win uh, when they played uh, in London the previous week. But man, oh man, did the Ravens make a statement. And Lamar Jackson, for me, the most impressive is his 17 yards per completion on the dot. 21 completions for 357 yards. He had that one touchdown early in the game when he was buying all kinds of time like it was a game of Madden and really, really got to credit the the Ravens O-line because they had a heck of a game in this one. Lamar had all day to throw, especially on that play. A lot of it was due to Lamar and his ability to scramble and to to make people miss. But the Ravens O-line did have a heck of a game as well. And the ball distribution was good here. You got 80 yards to Gus Edwards, 75 yards to Flowers, 63 yards to Andrews. Uh, Odell had a pretty solid game, five catches, 49 yards. Like This team was very hard to cover. Um, and Lamar Jackson also getting a, rush, a rushing touchdown in this one. And then the Baltimore's defense in this one, the secondary looked good. They were not allowing the uh, Detroit Lions to do uh, what they wanted to do. Josh Gibbs, not a bad game, 11 carries, 68 yards. But when you're down by as much as the Lions were down by, you're not really able to kind of stick to the game plan and run maybe every second or third play like you want to. And the game plan is thrown out the window, right? When you're down in the blink of an eye, 21 to zip. And this is a game we talked about, Don, that had the potential to be the game of the week and really, really didn't end up living up to the hype. Are you, if you have to look at it, you know, either way, I always like to do winning team, losing team. Is it a more impressive win by the Ravens here or is it a more worrisome uh, loss by the Lions who I had just said were for real? Listen, it's in Baltimore and this is the kicker, right? I think they wanted to showcase their skill and they hadn't really gotten that lead that we saw like, in this game, you know, 14 nothing. What will Baltimore be like when they got a massive lead? And this is the Baltimore Ravens, folks. They're not going anywhere. They're really a team to be taken obviously seriously throughout the entire season. At any time you face the Baltimore Ravens with a great coach, you just gotta give him the respect that that he deserves. Even if my Steelers, who I don't think they're a great football team this year, managed to beat somehow Baltimore. It's just you play to your opponents sometimes. And we just got to say to Baltimore right now that, you know, we know you're a good football team. Let's respect you. And on any given Sunday, even if the Lions show up and they think they're all that good, you know, I think they might have been a bit cocky coming into this game. And I think they probably thought they were going to beat Baltimore, but they got smacked in the face. You got to congratulate the Baltimore Ravens. I think it's a huge, huge wake-up call there for the Lions. I get what you're saying, and yeah, maybe I could second that. Very impressed with the, the Ravens overall, and just a picture-perfect way to win a football game there for Baltimore. So good stuff there. They sit at first in their division at 5-2. and two. Uh, Let's go to another game that potential to be game of the week, the Miami Dolphins at the Philadelphia Eagles. Tough always for me to talk about the, uh, this game when my, Miami Dolphins end up losing. But I got to give credit to the Eagles here. They won this game 31-17. to And uh, from the Eagles' point of view... Look, there was at times, um, you know, this game was close and, you know, Miami had made it a game after the pick six, but it never really seemed to be all that in doubt for the Philadelphia Eagles, even after uh, that pick six and made it 17 to 17 in the second half. Philadelphia did a good job rushing the ball. They did a good job passing the ball as well. Um, You know, not Swift's sexiest game, 15 carries, 62 yards, um, but he did get the ball in crucial moments and with the ball on the football field. A.J. Brown, 10 catches, 137 yards. 
a really, really nice touch. Uh, so I catch down the field. He made in double coverage. Jalen Hurts was making plays. And for me, the, the play of the game here it was 10-3. They went for it on fourth down. A big play for Miami's defense to get off the field. He scrambled right through, awaited, uh, evaded a um, would-be sack and threw a beautiful touchdown pass to A.J. Brown that made it 17-3. And, and from there, the Eagles kind of had the momentum. And uh, like I said, even though Miami made it a game, it was really Philadelphia's game and, and they possessed it. So great win by the Eagles. Very impressive bounce back win against a good team in Miami. And for the Dolphins, I got to say, and on offense, they looked a little bit, uh, you know, predictable here. It was a lot of, shoot, we're in trouble. Let's throw the ball to Tyreek and see what he can do. He had 11 catches in this one, 88 yards. A lot of those yards coming on one one, uh, one of his touchdown grabs, his only touchdown grab. For me, I think Miami made it a little bit, a bit more tougher, you know, kind of that old school nitty gritty vibe because it was kind of like the, you know, like, shoot like we we don't know what to do with the offense isn't working you know Tyreek you do something and that's not necessarily the best game plan while he's arguably the best player and wide receiver in the NFL you you want to have a more uh, I guess unpredictable and balanced offense and I think that's what Miami was lacking here Two got away with a few bad throws in this one he did have a decent game overall 23 of 32 but uh, Miami's O-line just could not keep up with the Eagles D-line and Miami had absolutely nothing in the run game the Eagles were stuffing that from the very get-go um, and they showed why that D-line, a lot of the Georgia Bulldogs players played together. And they showed by one of the one of the best, if not the best, in the league. Huge win by the Eagles. A big statement and bounce back win for them. And, you know, it leaves Miami with a few question marks after, you know, five and two right now. But they're five wins again against teams that have a losing record. So hopefully Miami gets a quality win soon, but a big win for the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to chalk this one up just like the Detroit Lions. You know, you got a team that's like flying in Miami. Everything is going right. Boom. They go in Philadelphia and as well hit a wall. And I think yeah. we talked about it last week. We thought that the trenches, what was going to happen in the trenches in this football game. And I think Philadelphia definitely got the better of Miami's offensive line. A guy like Hassan Reddick just having a great game, just a beast of a player. Didn't have like a great year so far, but really showed up when the moment counted against a huge, strong opponent like Miami. Philadelphia was there and delivered. I have to admit that, you know, Jalen Hurts, this was probably one of his best football games as a QB yeah. against strong competition. You know, sometimes I tend to knock Hurts here and there, but he's really starting to grow on me a bit in Philadelphia, kind of reminding me more of like a Donovan McNabb kind of football player, which, you know, he had a great career. So let's let's give Hurts some love and see exactly where this Philadelphia team's going. One thing I will mention, I mentioned it last week, is that offensive line for Philadelphia, the ability to create a wall to provide the time for Hertz seems to be the bread and butter right now. This is what three games in a row where AD Brown goes off. This is not a fluke anymore. Philadelphia has to be respected and AJ Brown needs to be covered a lot better. And it's hard because you have Dallas Gardard, you got Devontae Smith. Yeah. So all around the Eagles are a strong football team. And I think Miami, you know, they'll bounce back. This is another team that, you know, maybe was a bit confident and now, well, they know what to expect when they play a team like Philadelphia. And of course, it was in Philadelphia. If the game was in Miami, maybe the score would be different. Miami loves to play at home. So mm -hmm. let's, uh, let's not like start panicking for the Dolphins. Philadelphia did deserve this victory and they take it 31 to 17. 
Yeah, big win by them. And A.J. Brown very, very quickly becoming uh, Jalen Hurts' favorite target and, uh, you know, a guy that he can trust on any and every single down. So we started recapping a few games that happened in Week 7. Let's continue to do that, Dom. And I'm going to throw it over to you for a game of your choice. Let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs against the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm. Kansas City takes it 31-17. Wow. What a phenomenal performance by Pat Mahomes and his partner in crime, <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Did this guy destroy the Chargers? I mean, Travis Kelsey, 12 receptions, 179 yards, 13 targets with one TD. Just beautiful for Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes. Finally putting together a performance that we've been waiting for all year. 32 for 42, 424 yards four TDs, and one interception. Finally, the Kansas City Chiefs have arrived with their offense this year. And wow, I honestly think that this is the type of performance that we expect on a weekly basis from Kansas City. But on the flip side of the coin, what a dull of a performance or a dud of a performance by the Chargers. I just didn't think this team had nothing going except for Joshua Palmer, who had a decent game, five receptions, 133 yards. But the play calling here, I didn't like it at all. I still think the Chargers are being run by a dork in Brandon Staley, just a guy that just does not seem to be able to figure out how to beat the great teams. He's not a guy to be trusted. He's the first guy that I would fire, guaranteed, out of all the coaches in the NFL. And that's saying a lot. I just don't understand how a guy like Justin Herbert can be so poorly managed. In my opinion, it's on Brandon Staley. But hey, someone's got to win the football game. It's more me of being disappointed, wanting to see a great Mm -hmm. football game. We saw a couple of them last year between the Chargers and KC. But, I mean, it's like the Chargers are regressing. They just keep they keep on regressing. If, if you're going to lose Mike Williams, and Mike Williams was the guy that you obviously had to have on this football team, I mean, I just don't get it. Why did you draft? We talked about it last week. You got Quinton Johnston. I guess this guy's a, obviously a, a bust. I mean, it's too early to call him a bust, but I'm going right now and I'm calling him a bust. This guy should be already a star and taking Mike Williams' spot. He's not. One reception, 20 yards on two targets. Seriously, that's bad coaching. I'm blaming it all on Brandon Staley. This guy needs to go for the Chargers to excel. And until he's there, the Chargers are going absolutely nowhere. And as a result, congratulations, Kansas City. You destroyed the Chargers 31-17. to Yeah, speaking to what you alluded to in the beginning at Travis Kelsey, they're 179 yards. It's it's almost like... A- funny at this point how how often he's able to get open and the chemistry he has with uh, Mahomes and it's you know it's easy to say well how does he get so open when you know he's the main guy in this offense and Mahomes loves him and yeah it's honestly I don't know and it is easy to say and you know what it should be um, fairly easy to defend uh, when you know who the ball's going to go to on every play but it, it just isn't and you got to give credit to Andy Reid because he's scheming Kelsey to get open on certain plays and just the the amount of IQ, high IQ both these players have. I'm not sure they get enough credit for that. 
to Mahomes and Kelsey because there are times when Kelsey isn't open and he just he seems to read Mahomes and vice versa and he'll go and he'll sit you he, cut his rod a little bit shorter take it a little bit deeper and he'll roll with Mahomes and this is not a fluke right this is of course it's play calling it's it's Andy Reid you know putting his two cents in but it's also Mahomes and Kelsey with their high IQ and making plays when it counts so I think like you said very well, like we were waiting for a game like this and for this offense to break wide open 424 yards from a home is pretty incredible. And as for the Chargers, I just don't think anything is going to change for this team. They're going to be the team that has a lot of talent that's able to upset a few teams that loses games. They should win that wins games. They should lose. And they're, they're a frustrating team to watch because this is a good football team and they're, and they're way too be way too good to be sitting at two and four right now, third in their division. And maybe it is Staley, right? Maybe it is Staley. Maybe you bring in a new coach and, you know, you shake things up. I just don't know if you bring in the best coach of all time and put him on this team, if anything will change. I just think some teams in sports for some reason just have this un- inability of, of winning games and, you know, putting up against other teams at the numbers they should. And, you know, with this team, this team has talent. Right, Keenan Allen, this game, not having a great game, which is surprising because he really is the main guy there uh, in Los Angeles. So I don't know what it is. Maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's, you know, the the pressure on this team. The fact that, you know, they, they feel like they're underachievers and they just don't seem to be using that energy to fuel them. And it seems that every single game this team comes in and, you know, they, they're competitive. They put up some nice scores. They make some nice plays, but they're just never able to finish off drives, finish off games. Austin Eckler in this game was not good. Um, I didn't know that they were happy to get him back from injury, but it's it's tough, Dominic. And, you know, coaching, is it could be a very big possibility, but it just seems like this Chargers team is, is always the same. And there's certain teams in sports, let alone the NFL, that seem to be the same every year. And unfortunately, it seems to be the case with the Chargers. Yeah, this team's not a playoff team right now, William. They, they're just not. And uh, I'm going to say that the Raiders might be better than them. That's crazy. <laughs> if the Raiders are better than them, there's a huge problem with the Chargers. And until Brandon Staley's there, I've completely lost all faith in the Chargers. And honestly, you know, it, it's warranted, right? It's warranted because what have they done this year to show us that, you know, they deserve to to be trusted. They deserve to be one of the, the you know, most talked about teams in football. Unfortunately, they haven't. Hopefully they could, uh, they could bounce back still early in the season. But I want to see, see this team be competitive. Um, a game that I did not think was going to be as fun and entertaining as it was was the Cleveland Browns-Indianapolis Colts. The Browns take a wild game, 39-38. We could talk about this game for the rest of the show. So I'm going to fast forward late in this game. The Colts are winning this game. They think they have the victory. They force a fumble on P.J. Walker. Unfortunately, Deshaun Watson got injured. They're celebrating. The game is over. Pass interference. Okay, the ball goes down. You know, they march up, march up. Cleveland gets the ball very close. They get the ball to the goal-to-goal situation. P.J. Walker throws the ball basically to the stands. There's a pass interference called. Even if the intended receiver was eight foot eight, he would not have been anywhere near the football. They called PI, ball gets placed at the one yard line, three straight incomplete passes, then a handoff there to hunt to seal the deal. 39 38. The Browns come up with the victory, sitting at four and two right now. This may be one of the most, sorry, the least talked about four and two teams in the NFL right now. Cleveland Browns get the job done, even without Deshaun Watson. And this was a heck of a game. It was a fun game, the game of the week. And, and credit, you know, P.J. Walker didn't necessarily have a great game, but still did enough to get his team the victory. Browns went by one, and they are slowly and surely 4-2 and two right now. 
You know, Cleveland has been on the losing end of the stick of many of these football games. They're bound to get one to go their way. And this was one of them. So quite frankly, I know that a lot of people out there might be like, ah, the Cleveland really deserve that. Who cares? They're four and two right now. The defense is absolutely stunning. Miles Garrett is definitely playing the best football of his career. And if he continues this way, the Cleveland Browns are going to be in the playoffs. And you don't even have to have Deshaun Watson. You can literally ride P.J. Walker. And thank God someone in that organization woke up and said, hey, listen, Kareem Hunt was on this football team. He's yeah. not home. He's waiting. Can someone give him a phone call, please? ring a ding ding Guess who's back? Kareem Hunt, a huge weapon to add to this offense. Because the offense, to be, to be honest with you, it's not that great. So for Kareem yeah. Hunt to be actually doing anything for this football team, like he's doing two touchdowns, yes, the, the yardage isn't that great, 10 carries, 31 yards, but you need a guy to punch the ball in the end zone. Kareem Hunt is six foot. He knows how to put it in. He's done it many times. And of course, he did it again in this game. But hey, let's talk about a bit of the Indianapolis Colts. How about Gardner Minshew? This guy, he's still a baller. You know, 15 for 23, 305 yards. He found himself a new weapon in Josh Downs. I mean, coming out of nowhere. He's been on and off a couple games this year, but he was definitely on in this game. Five reception, 125 yards on six targets. You know, Indianapolis sitting at three and four. Don't count those Colts out at all by any stretch of the imagination. They will be down the stretch finding for that wildcard spot. Both these teams are good football teams, in my opinion. Someone had to take it. Cleveland takes it 39 to 38. And I think all that more impressive for the Browns, you know, putting up 39 points with when, you know, in my opinion, um, your, your best receiver there in, um, in Amari Cooper getting two catches for 22 yards. He had a drop in this game, which is very, very uncharacteristic of him. And they still able to put up 39 points. I think that just kind of goes to show you how it's really a next man up mentality really in the NFL. And yeah, Cremont did have, uh, you know, the, the big, big rushing touch at the end of the game. But Ford there, 11 carries, 74 yards, uh, 60, uh, 69 yards, uh, came on one of his carries. So the numbers are a little bit skewed there. But that was a big, big touchdown early in the game to set the tone. And yeah, credit to them. P.J. Walker going 15 of 32, not 60 numbers at all. It's a lot of these numbers can be deceiving. Uh, but, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, doesn't matter what the stats are. doesn't matter who gets the touchdowns or how you get them. It's about winning. And right now, the Cleveland Browns, with everything going on, still found ways to win football games. And they are sitting at 4-2, and two, so pretty impressive nonetheless for those Browns. All right, let's continue recapping games. Let's talk about the Monday Night Banana, yeah. the Minnesota Vikings. Upset the San Francisco 49ers 22-17. Finally, somebody who are literally doing what they're supposed to do against the 49ers, which is pass the damn ball. Kirk Cousins, 35 for 45, 378 yards and two TDs. If you're going to beat the 49ers, you got to pass the ball. And that's what they did. And Jordan Addison, what a rookie year for ride receivers. We were seeing yeah. rookies pop off left and right. Here's another one. Seven receptions, 123 yards, two TDs on 10 targets. You know, congratulations, Minnesota. You're doing it out without Jefferson beating one of the cream of the crop teams in the NFL and the 49ers. You know, 
I do know that the Minnesota Vikings, you know, are sitting at three and four. They're probably a bubble wildcard spot team. But if you're going to be able to stuff the run like they did in this game, because the Minnesota Vikings that I saw earlier in the season could not stop a peewee football you know, <laughs> they really could not stop anything. You could have ran across with no problems. And we all know that San Francisco has a deadly running game. And to hold the entire team only to 65 yards, to me, that shows that the coaching staff in Minnesota, you know, are doing a great job. So hats off to them. Keep an eye on Minnesota. If that coaching staff ends up doing what they did like this game, this team is on the rise slowly but surely. And as for the, you know, 49ers, Brock Purdy, we talked about how is this guy going to react after he faces adversity? Well, he didn't have a, a terrible game, 21 for 30, 272 yards. He did throw two picks. Obviously, one of the picks was to seal the deal at the end of the football game. Let's not yeah. jump to any crazy conclusions. He still had a decent football game. So that's actually a, a good note. The only thing, the only question mark is Trent Williams. This guy is the pillar on that offensive line. He yeah. needs to come back in this roster as quick as possible because I think every game he doesn't play will be potentially, I'm going to say more often than not, a loss for the San Francisco 49er. That's how key he is to that organization. Yeah. And obviously, Debo Samuels, they're definitely missing him as well. You know, Brendan Ayuk had a great start to the season. He wasn't, uh, you know, he didn't have a, a great game, you know, only 57 yards. So this offense is stalling. And if the offense is stalling, you know, as good as that defense is, you still got to put points on the board. 70 points in this game obviously didn't do it. So congratulations to Minnesota. They take it 22 to 17. And look, they only put up 22 points. I say only here because Kirk Cousins had 35 completions, 378 yards. You think it'd be more than that. But I want to give credit to him, right? We've all known about his Monday night football struggles, the fact that he struggles in, in big games, primetime games. And I've been, you know, one of the guys that, you know, doesn't really um, believe in Kirk Cousins or, you know, give him his credit. But this game, he, you know, he played solid. And what I liked about Cousins in this game is he was decisive. He saw something, boom, he threw it and it was there. If it was there, it was there. If it wasn't, it wasn't. You know, if he was going to throw the ball, it was a dangerous throw. I felt that it was, you know, a, not, not a ball that, the defender necessarily could have made a plan. He put in the spot he needed to, regardless of where his receiver was. And you know, he had a really good connection early on in this game with Hawkinson. Hawkinson had 11 catches, 86 yards. But yes, it was really Addison being able to take the top off over the defense with, like the like you mentioned, 123 yards. The really nice first touchdown pass there by Addison kind of lopped it over the defender, and you know, Addison was able to. Uh, to kind of, you know, adjust to the football there. And then Cousins threw a, a beautiful ball. So impressive there for Cousins. Look, and, I, you know, I do hate on him, and I don't really give him his flowers. Um, but he had a good game in this one, and he really seemed to have control of this offense. The fans were into this game. Uh, you know, they were nuts, and it was a big win for them, sitting at 3-4 and four right now and taking down one of the better teams in the NFL. And right now, San Francisco, it's not time to panic, but sitting at 5-2 and two when you were 5-0 and oh before, Christian McCaffrey, yeah, coming back from injury, only having three yards of carry, fumbled in this game too, is not something we're used to seeing. Now, I don't think it's time to worry for them in the sense that they're still going to make the playoffs. I would still be very surprised when they don't win the division. Um, but maybe this team, I don't dare I say, is not maybe as good as we thought they were. Yes, Debo Samuel is a huge piece. Um, 
on this team. But I think that's something you said just a few moments ago, Dominic. It's important to talk about how a quarterback's going to bounce back after a tough game. And, you know, Purdy had a decent game here. Didn't didn't play great. Um, he did have a, a very good uh, first first start, um, first half in this game. But, you know, when you when you lose back-to-back games and you're a young quarterback, it's going to be interesting to see how long this um, – this trend continues with, you know, not being able to uh, necessarily put up more points and, you know, be the high-powered offense that we know this team can be. Sitting at 5-2 and two right now, still first in the division, so not uh, not too, too much concern there. But something to keep an eye on now with Minnesota without Justin Jefferson being able to, to beat those 49ers. So big win for the Vikings. Three and four right now. Still two games behind the Lions in that division, but the Lions lose, so you never know uh, what could happen there. Uh, game I want to talk about now was the uh, you know not the highest scoring game Atlanta Falcons Tampa Buccaneers Atlanta takes this one 16 to 13 they are now first place in the division sitting at four and three it was a battle for first place I'm gonna say the first thing that pops out to me is I want to see Tampa Bay win this game and I want to see Baker Mayfield Baker Mayfield have a good game at home put up numbers hit his boy Mike Evans and you know put up scores put up not necessarily 30 40 points but you know have a solid game being able to put up 26 points and in this game, going 27 to 42, 275 yards, one touchdown, one pick. He was sacked three times. You got to be able to put up more more than 13 points, Dominic, when you're playing at home in a game that decides first place in your division. I know it's very early on. It wasn't a make it or break it type game. But if Tampa Bay wants to be for real, these are the type of games they're going to have to win. And I do feel like they're the better team on paper. Mayfield is the better quarterback here. And I was a little bit disappointed to see this team only put up 13 points. Bijan Robinson was sick in this game. We didn't know what happens. We thought he was benched. Turns out afterwards that he wasn't feeling well. Um, I don't think we got the full details, but yeah, he had he didn't uh, didn't really end up uh, making any impact in this game because he he simply didn't play. Had the one carry for three yards. You should be able to find a way if you're Tampa Bay to win this game without the potential rookie of the year playing. And they didn't win this game. Credit Atlanta; they win an ugly one, 16 to 13 there. But I wanted to see a little bit more from Tampa Bay in this one. Oh, 100 percent. A W is a W. Atlanta takes it, 16 to 13. But boy. They really did not deserve to win this football game. Desmond Ritter fumbles three times. I mean, like, it was awful. I don't think the Falcons have figured out how awful Desmond Ritter is. And somehow the last two games, <laughs> they keep on winning these games. And yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. But, hey, like I said, a W is a W. For Tampa Bay, you know, I think it's time to give another ring-a-ding-dang call to another free agent waiting Go get yourself playoff Lenny Leonard Fournette. I think Tampa Bay's missing an ingredient at the running back position. Rashad White, yeah, you know, he was supposed to take over the torch, but he hasn't done a great job. And I think that if Baker Mayfield's going to get that much better, he needs to rely on a stronger running team. And, you know, playoff Lenny, he's just there waiting. I have a feeling he will get signed. And you know what? I'm going to call it Tampa Bay. We'll give him a call and he will be a Buccaneer before the trade deadline. That's just my gut. I like Tampa Bay. I really do. They should have had this football game. The kind of like a uh, passing here, you know, it mostly went to Godwin. He went, you know, six for 12 for 66 yards. Sometimes Godwin's on in this game. Obviously, he wasn't on. And that's that simple. Mike Evans, I, I love the connection between Baker Mayfield and Evans. I think that there's something there. And I'm really, I'm I'm shocked to say this, but I'm really impressed with Baker Mayfield's game. He seems to be extremely competitive on a weekly basis. And although they're sitting at three and three, 
I think that this team will be fighting for that division and there will probably between, you know, it's going to be tough between them and the Saints. I still think Tampa Bay will take this division as we sit here today. I think the Falcons are just a disaster waiting. It's going to take another two loss before they finally figure out that Desmond Ritter is garbage. And by the end of the day, it might be too little too late for the Atlanta Falcons. I do love Bijan Robinson, but you know, at the end of the day, you still need a good quarterback to pass the ball. Desmond Ritter is not a great quarterback, but they took this football game 16 to 13. I really want to see them get Kyle Pitts going. Only three catches in this game, but did have 47 yards, and we all know what he can do, uh, you know, coming out of college and how electric he was. So hopefully they're uh, able to get a little something-something uh, out of him. All right, we got uh, two minutes before our uh, our last break. What else we got, Dominic? Let's talk about a shocker in Los Angeles. The Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. beat the Los Angeles Rams 24 to 17. Again, another heroic fourth quarter comeback by those Pittsburgh Steelers who again, another game where I thought Pittsburgh did not deserve this game. I thought that, you know, a guy like Puka Nakua having a fantastic game, eight receptions, 154 yards, 12 targets. This game plan was good. The Steelers were outclassed early on, but somehow they managed to just stick in there, sticking around, sticking around, sticking around. And next thing you know, poop, we're entering the fourth quarter. Who comes out? The new Pittsburgh Steelers offense. When the pedal's to the metal and it's the fourth quarter, for whatever reason, you got a whole new offensive scheme for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have to admit, Deontay Johnson is back in this football team and he was a difference maker. You know, five receptions for 79 yards on six targets. He tends to open up the game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Still not satisfied. Them only getting 24 points. Still not satisfied. Them only kind of showing up in the fourth quarter. This is going to be all year long. As long as they have a good defense, as long as TJ Watts there, they will be there. But don't expect fireworks of putting them putting 35 points on the board on any given Sunday. They're going to be a borderline 20, 20 to 25 points max every week. And their defense is going to have to save them. For whatever reason, they found a way to win this football game. They take it 24 to 17. Yeah, they did find a way to win this football game. Kind of reminding me of the other AFC North team we talked about, the Cleveland Browns. You know, how is this team winning? They're scoring, doing this, doing that, the other thing. They're not that good, but yet they're they're both 4-2 and two and they're both finding ways to win games. So may not be pretty. A win is a win. And uh, like we always say, ugly win is better than a pretty loss. So good luck there for the Steelers. And TJ Watt is just an absolute animal. Getting an interception as if he already does not do it all. All right, we'll be getting into our week eight picks before we do that just a quick recap of what happened in week seven a few of the games we didn't talk about a good game between the Jaguars and the Saints Saints game storming back in this one but it was not enough to hold down Jacksonville when this game 31 to 24 uh the Chicago Bears winning in this one Badgent in his first ever career game in the NFL quarterbacking for the Chicago Bears gets the W going 29 21 of 29 beating the Raiders there 30 to 12 Giants win a defensive affair 14 to 7 over their rivals, the Commanders. And then we got the Seahawks also 
winning in another divisional matchup, 20 to 10. Uh, the Broncos sneak one past the Green Bay Packers, 19 to 17. And that was all she wrote for week seven. We are heading into week eight tonight with a game between two teams that lost this past weekend. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We got the Buffalo Bills, Dominic. This game is in Buffalo. I'm sure Buffalo is going to want to win this game after what happened and after the way they've been playing these last few weeks. I think Buffalo gets the job done here and they improved to five and three seven and a half is a you know kind of a big point spread here and for a team that's kind of struggling offensively i'm not sure they're going to be able to cover i say they win don't cover final score 24 22 bills win yeah this is going to be a very hard football game for the buffalo bills i think there's a lot of pressure against the bills right now and a lot of people are going to expect them to win this football game and you know what I'm going to say they're not going to win. I'm going to say Tampa Bay upsets Buffalo in overtime 24 to 21. Oof, I like it. Good stuff. All right. Sunday games. We've got the New Orleans Saints at the Indianapolis Colts. Indy favored by one. Ooh, Indy favored by one. You know, Garner Minshew is playing great football, and I'm going to go with Garner here at home. I like the Saints, but the Saints, you know, they tend sometimes to really not do well on the road for whatever reason. They're not as good on the road as they are at home. And for that reason, give me the Colts and another high-scoring affair, 35-30. to 30. Well, I'm with you on this one. I'm going to go with the Colts. Uh, I just think that ultimately they're the better team, even you know with with the backup quarterback Gardner Minshew is not playing like you talked about, like a backup quarterback. I'm going to go 27 to 19 here. Final score for the Colts are able to to get the job done, and yeah, I was able to stifle the Saints. I'm going to say late in the game, goal line stand up by eight, and they get the job done. Next up, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Pittsburgh Steelers. We got Jacksonville favored by one and a half in this one. This is a tough game to call because like we talked about the Steelers just find these weird gritty ways to win football games I, I just think Jacksonville is too good here and they will not find a way to win this game I'm going to go final score uh, 25 to 17 here for the Jacksonville Jaguars I think Jacksonville is the better team on paper and with what I what I saw at the end of uh, of last week with the, that final drive to get the game winning uh, touchdown to Christian Kirk I think I see a little bit more of that in this one and Jacksonville wins by eight this is a bizarre spread. Jacksonville should be favored a lot more, and they're not. And for that reason, and that reason alone, another weird, bizarre victory is about to transpire. <laughs> the odd makers are not respecting the Steelers, or maybe, sorry, in this one, I'm going to say there are respecting the Steelers just a little bit too much. So it's going to be the opposite. And for that reason, give me the Steelers in a high-scoring affair, 32-27. to 27. All right, next up, we got the Houston Texans at the Carolina Panthers. Battle of two rookie quarterbacks, number one and number two overall. Houston favored by three in Carolina. Ooh, do the Carolina Panthers get their first victory, William? No, they don't. The Texans, this is going to be the battle of who got the better quarterback. And I'm going to say from what we've seen so far, C.J. Stroud is a better quarterback. It's that simple, folks. Give me the Texans. In an ugly football game, 17 to 14. 
I think the Panthers do get their first win of the season. You know, how cool would it be that it comes uh, between the one and two matchup and Bryce Young, you know, hasn't been playing all that great this year. He wants to show that he is the better quarterback of the two. He takes this game personally, goes out there, and he finds a way to squeak a victory for his Carolina Panthers. I'm going to go Carolina in the upset here at home. 24-21 final score. Next up, we got the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington Commanders. Philly favored by six. I just don't think that the Washington Commanders are going to be able to score enough points in this one you know i think sam howell was kind of a cool story to start the season and i think it ends there i just you know it was a cool story to start the season and that's it don't think it's going to be anything more than that i'm going to go eagles win and eagles win big final score 30 to 13 why do i think this is the upset of the week oh boy i think this is the upset of the week william there's something about the Washington Commanders. They know how to play the Eagles very well. And I am calling the Commanders to upset the Eagles in a wow. tough football game, 24 to 21. All right, Dom, I love it. Going bold. Next up, good matchup. Los Angeles Rams at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys favored by six. Yeah, the Cowboys, you know, they're, they're just that much better than, than the Rams. I think the Rams are starting to slowly but surely come back to reality. I know Cup is back and it's supposed to be a lot better for the Rams. But in Dallas, I think this is going to be a blowout, William. I really wow. do. Give me the Dallas Cowboys 35 to 10. Really? Hey, I need to be a close game. And honestly, I almost ended up going with the Rams in this one. But I think this game is going to go to overtime 24 to 24. Dallas comes away with the victory, kicking a field goal 27 24 here. The Cowboys win. I, I disagree with you, Dom. I, I do think that uh, it's going to be a close back and forth game. Um, and I think that, you know, especially after the, the Rams and their performance, let the one slip last week, I think they're going to want this game just that one more. But unfortunately, they won't get it. Cowboys win. Next up, A. AFC East matchup, Buffalo Bills, excuse me, the New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. Wrong AFC East team there. we got the Dolphins favored by 11 and a half. That's a lot. That's way too big of a spread. Do I think my Dolphins are going to win? Yes. Do I think they're going to win by that much? No. I do like what I saw out of Mac Jones. I was impressed with him, and he played with a type of fire I haven't really seen him play with in a while. So I do think the Patriots will keep it close, but I think ultimately Miami just comes away with the victory and is too much sound. I'm going to go 30-23 to 23 here. Final score for the Dolphins. Yeah, I think you're right, William. Usually when a team wins a big game, a lot of momentum starts happening and they basically were going to be done for the season. So I think this victory last week that we saw by the Patriots carries over, but they can't beat the Dolphins. I just, I can't do it. So I'm going with the Dolphins. I think New England covers the spread, but the Dolphins take it 35 to 27. Alrighty, next up, Battle of New York. We got the New York Jets at the New York Giants. Jets favored by three. Ooh, who are the real New York Giants, right? Yeah. They've got Tyrod Taylor playing good football. You know, if Daniel Jones come back, do they still stay with Tyrod Taylor for now? That's a tough one to figure out. You know, I got to go with the Jets. I don't want to go with the Jets. I really don't. Uh -huh. I hate their quarterback so much. But that Jets D is a lot better than the Giants. Well, a lot better. They're just a little bit better than, than the Giants D. And as a result, they'll take this football game and a weird one. 10 to 7. 
Oof. Yeah, I'm going to go a low-scoring game, not that low-scoring. I'm going to go 20-14 to 14 here for those New York Jets. Uh, they win, they cover the spread, and I just think that Jets defense is too strong. They're going to be flying all over the place, going bananas, and they get the better of Daniel Jones. So Jets win to improve their record. Next up, Atlanta Falcons at the Tennessee Titans. we got the Falcons favored by one. Oof, it's another tough one to pick. I'm going to go Tennessee in this one. They're coming off the bye. They go out here. They get the victory. They should beat Atlanta. They should not have a problem beating Atlanta. I do think it's going to be a tight game, and I don't think they're going to do it easily. But I do think that they'll get the victory. I got Derrick Henry getting me two touchdowns in this game. Final score, I'm going to go 24-21 here for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, well, seems like the, the Titans might be already packing it in for the season. A lot of rumors coming out out of Tennessee, a lot of trades that might be happening. So keep an eye on the safety of the Titans being moved. I still think the Titans have to take this football game. I think Mike Rabel is a better coach. Give me the Titans in a close one, 20 to 17. All right, next up, we got the Minnesota Vikings just playing off that victory at the Green Bay Packers. Packers favored by one and a half. I'm going with the road team here and the uh, and the underdog here. Justin Jefferson will not be playing in this game, as we know. But I was very impressed with what I saw Minnesota. Uh, and I know, you know, it's tough to replicate that back-to-back weeks. But they're the better football team than the Green Bay Packers. The Jordan Love had started off fairly good start to the season. Has looked very, I guess you can say, not necessarily boring. But hasn't looked as uh, in control of this offense as you'd like to see. So I'm going to think the say that the Vikings win this game. I'm going to go a final score, 26-17 here in Minnesota. These have a tendency to be a big barn burners. I'm going to say it's another barn burner. And you know what? The Packers need this football game, and I'm going to take the Packers to win it. The running game will be running wild all over Minnesota. They take it 35-27. to Next up, we got the Cleveland Browns at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks favored by two and a half. Coaching, coaching, coaching. This is going to be a Pete Carroll special in Seattle. You got to go with the 12th man. Give me Seattle in a close one, 20 to 10. For some reason, I think this is going to be a good game. I could see no matter who's playing for the, the Cleveland Browns. Like we talked about them finding ways to win games. Seattle does win. I think that's a very good spread, two and a half. I think they barely cover in this one. They win by by three. Final score, 28-25. And like you said, the 12th man goes home happy. Next up, AFC West matchup. Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. Chiefs favored by eight and a half. I think they win. I think they cover. This is just a very good team against a team that's unfortunately just not so good. Yes, Denver did win this past weekend against Green Bay, but they're all matched here. And I think that Kelsey has a very similar to the game to what he had this past weekend. Final score, 33-14, Kansas City. This is the defining moment for the Denver Broncos season. This is the game that they absolutely need to have, but they won't. (laughs) They will go in overtime, though. Believe it or not, this is going to be a really good football game between Russell Wilson and Pat Mahomes. In overtime, it's going to be in the Mahomes show. Wow. Yeah, marching down the field to hit Travis Kelsey. Give me the Chiefs to take it 27 to 21. All right, next up, we got what I thought was going to be the Super Bowl matchup. Cincinnati Bengals at the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers favored by five and a half in this one. Bengals coming off a bye. 49ers coming off a loss. And the 49ers lose their third straight game. Cincinnati finds a way to get this done. They win this game. Joe Burrow tries to get these guys back on track. 
27-24 here. Final score, McPherson kicks a 51-yard field goal as time expires and the Bengals win. Yeah, this is going to be a bizarre game. Both teams are banged up. Which team has more depth? You know what? I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers, William. I really am. I think that the Cincinnati Bengals right now, you know, I want to see, are they going to be able to run Joe Mixon? You know, but that's not how you beat the 49ers. But right now, they're just 2-1 dimensional, which will play into the 49ers' hands. Give me the 49ers and a tight football game, 27-24. to all right, next up, Battle of the Birds, Baltimore Ravens at the Arizona Cardinals. Ravens favored by eight and a half. I think that the Ravens, you know, have a very good offensive performance here. And I think that, you know, they run wild all over the Cardinals. I'm going to go final score 34 to 16 here for Baltimore. Uh, and they win another very impressive victory. Yeah, it's hard to not go with Baltimore here. But you know what? I think that Arizona is due for a decent football game, so they will keep this game close. Give me the Ravens 27 to 24. Sunday night football. We got the Chicago Bears at the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers favored by eight and a half at home. Oh man. If the Chargers <laughs> don't win this football game, William, you have to fire Brandon Steely. Agreed. The Bears are running wild right now. They're all happy, but this offense is an enigma. I don't even know what the Bears' offense is right now. Every week, this coaching staff is bizarro. So if the bizarro coaching staff beats <laughs> Mr. Brandon Staley, who's been there for God knows how many years now, then he has to go. You know what? It's not going to happen. Herbert's going to come back. He will win this football game, but they don't cover the spread. 27 to 22. Very similar score. I got the Chargers winning 26 to 23, but people don't be surprised if the Bears end up pulling off this upset. Something about the, this young quarterback that they got and the way, you know, the Chargers are snake bitten and they just find different ways to lose football games. And I know you said, oh, hell will break loose in Los Angeles if they lose. And yes, they should be fired. Don't be surprised if it happens, but I do think the Chargers will eke out a three-point victory. All right, last but not least, Monday night football. We got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Detroit Lions. Lions favored by seven and a half. I think the Lions come in here. They bounce back. They have a nice game at home. They're playing the Raiders. We don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy G, but I think this game will be a tad bit closer than that seven and a half. But I do think the Lions win this game. They get back on track. I'm going to go 28-23. Final score, Detroit wins. Yeah, it's funny with the Raiders. You just don't know what to expect. Who's going to be quarterback this week for the Raiders? You know, if I see Aiden O'Connell as QB, they might even win this football game. But for some odd reason, if I see Brian Hoyer, which I anticipated to be the quarterback again, the Lions are going to destroy. So I'm going to say Hoyer plays, Lions destroy the Raiders 35 to 10. All right, folks, that is it for our week eight predictions. And that is it for this episode of the NFL Power Hour. I feel like it flew by here. They always say when you're having a good time, time flies. Thank you once again for tuning in. And like we always say, without you guys, there is no show. We'll be back next week, same place, same time. You are listening to CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal.